Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the wake-up call coach. Amy here. Before we dive into the Mama Truth Show, I have a question for you. Do you want to join me and a soulful, small circle of mamas in Hawaii this summer? Oh yeah, we're going to swim with wild dolphins, we're going to dance hula, we're going to do some sacred ceremony and rituals, and we're going to sit in circle together and drop the masks and drop the juggling act and simply be present and share the truth about our lives, about being women, and about being mamas. It is going to be absolutely magical. To check out all the divine details, simply go to mamatruthretreat.com. That's mamatruthretreat.com so that you can really, truly take a break from all of that juggling, all of that being pulled in a gazillion different directions that I know so many of us mamas go into. So check it out at mamatruthretreat.com, fill out an application, and we will talk about this luxurious divine retreat. Now, on with the show. Hi, Mamas, and happy Mama Truth Monday. It's Amy Ehlers here, and I'm so excited because we've got a guest in the house that you're going to love. Oh my goodness, she's one of my dearest angel friends, truly. She is an incredible author, an amazing, phenomenal artist. She impacted my own personal life over 17, almost 17 years ago now with her book, Succulent Wild Woman. And I actually married myself. For those of you that are watching video, this is my married myself ring, thanks to her and her incredible work. And I thought that she would be the perfect person to bring on to this Mama Truth show as the very first woman that we're having on the show who doesn't actually have human children of her own. She's going to talk with us today all about loving our own inner child and of course, share some magical stories because like this woman's stories are incredible. <laughs> they're, they're never ending, a never ending plethora of magical stories and miraculous stories. And she's also going to talk to us about succulent self-love. It's none other than Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy, also known as Sark. Oh, Hi, honey. thank you, Amy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And thank you for being my my wonderful, incredible friend um, in every way. And I love that you're doing this show. And I love that you're you're showing the magic and the messiness and the truth yeah. of, of, of mothers, motherhood. And and I want to say too, I have God children and yes. I have a lot of inner children. We'll be talking about that, but it is true. I don't have human biological children yeah. of my own. And I'm so glad that you um, invited me on uh, because I want to support the mothers. I want to support all the mamas to feel so good in themselves. Yes. So that that, that bubbles out into all the mothering that they do. Yes. Well, and I think it's so important. I know, you know, I've been talking with a lot of moms lately about the Mama Truth Retreat, which for those of you who don't know about the Mama Truth Retreat, it's coming up in Hawaii. It's a luxurious five-day, amazing retreat. You can check it out at mamatruthretreat.com. And Sark is actually going to be there in Hawaii with us, sitting in circle, 
talking to us. I mean, I just can't, I can't wait, but you know, I've been talking with so many different mamas about, about this and about putting ourselves first and about self-care and about self-love and talking one-on-one and hearing so many moms that are at their limit. Like they're just at their limit. They're being pulled in a gazillion different directions and they don't know how to get back into that space of peace. And so some of them are coming to Hawaii with us, which is awesome because we're going to give so many tools in that trip that are going to allow them to bring them into their everyday life. But I know that not all of you can come to Hawaii with us. And so I wanted to today to have you talk about, like give a little taste of what you're going to give in Hawaii and, and really have us really deeply get on a soul level, mamas, that when we don't take care of ourselves, our children directly, that directly impacts our children in a negative way. Yes. You know, right? Well, let's just say it. Mothering is a sacrificing (sighs) subject. Yeah. And uh, those of you that know my my beautiful fiance, who's no longer with us in the physical world, um, Dr. John Waddell, uh, we wrote a book. And in this book, we talk about how, you know, sacrifice is, sacrifice and compromise are so common that we don't even think of it, and especially mothering. It's like, well, sacrifice is necessary, and we have to sacrifice for our children. And you actually don't. And we talk about, we'll be talking about joyful solutions in Hawaii. Yes. How to create, because you have to have something that works. You know, it's not that compromise is bad, or even that sacrifice is bad, although it stops way short of what is actually nourishing and nurturing to, to us as people. I, this is so like, oh my gosh, it's so important. And what I think that people don't realize it ju- is that just by a mindset shift, even if you're doing the exact same action, you can shift your energy and your vibration and your entire being from feeling like you're sacrificing, which is only paving the road to resentment and shifting instead into that place of service. And oh, yeah. that, right. And like, and just that shift, because, you know, as parents, of course, we lose sleep. We, you know, and it's easy to be like, I sacrifice sleep all the time for my children. My newborn baby wakes up and I'm sacrificing. But when we shift our mindset into a different state, then everything changes. It can be so magical. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I mean, I was a former resenter. I resented so many things. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to have children to do it. Yeah. But, but I'm here to tell you there's a million opportunities where you can be mounting up those resentments, even if they're small ones. If you have a whole collection of them, th- this is how people flip out when their kids get older and they don't even know who they are anymore or what to do. But, but, forget about that for a minute. If you're, if you're doing those behaviors now, you're teaching your children to do the same. Yeah. So then you're raising a whole nother generation of sacrificers. Yeah. And sacrificers get really crabby. They do. And and they don't really contribute as much as they have in their heart because they're so busy trying to, to manage and maintain these feelings of resentment or grudges. And, you know, if you're listening, you know, a, a lot of, I think a lot of parents and a lot of mothers, of course, want to do things for their children. Right. But that's from the space that you're talking about. If yeah. you do it out of a sense of service and joy with that turn of mindset and you pay close attention to make sure you're getting the attention that you need, yeah. that's the pivotal shift. Because a lot of mothers 
are doing the service, let's say they're doing the service, but they're not really giving themselves what they really need. Yes. Yes. And, and every one of us needs, needs love and attention. And if you're mothering children, you're not going to get the same kind of love and attention from them that you need. Yes. I, it's, you know, it's calling to mind. I remember when Evie was first born and she was just one of those babies at the minute that like 6 p.m. hit, she was just really unhappy. I don't think she was colicky necessarily, but it was like, I mean, I just remember so vividly having her in the sling and the only thing that would comfort her is like this bouncing up and down and bouncing up and down. And it was the only thing that would comfort her. And it was like the end of the day, I'm tired. My husband's tired. My you know, six-year-old at the time wanted my attention. Like I just felt pulled in a gazillion different directions in that moment. And it would have been so easy to go into sacrifice. And instead, I was like, what would it be like for me to just say, oh, evening times belong to Evie. There, it, it's, it's all about Evie time. Like this is just her time to like release the resistance of wishing that it could be different. And instead just say, I hereby give up. It is not my time to take care of myself. It is not my time for anything except for focusing on this baby and doing this gosh darn bouncing movement <laughs> till I feel like I'm going to puke, you know, but it was like when I released the resistance to what was, it created all of this space. And then I could know, oh, guess what? The morning time, the afternoon when she's napping, that I'm going to claim as my time and my hour to call friends like you to, you know, take a bath, to do whatever I needed to do to take care of myself. But thinking that it was going to happen at that time frame was, was crazy. It was, it was crazy making. Yeah. Well, it was a setup and yes. it was a setup for feeling bad frequently. Yeah. yeah. And you did a beautiful job and, and I witnessed a lot of this and yeah you know, you, you really did it. And so for, for everyone listening, um, the resistance, so much suffering lies in the resistance. Yes. And we're always trying to, I'm always trying to listen, you know, you heard me say I'm a big, I've been previously resenter. I was also previously a big resistor. And yes. Still, <laughs> and still am sometimes. And my immediate <laughs> response is no, no, not that. Right. You know, oh no, not this. And of course, anytime we do that, we're in resistance to what actually is, we are then in a perfect position to go right to resentment and right to being unhappy. Right. And yeah. so what a service for, for your whole family, for you to um, have that awareness, take that action, and then do the self-care during the other times. Right. See, that's the part that sometimes people don't do. Right. You know, mothers don't do, they're, they're so tired that they think they don't have time to do self-care. Right. And so let's, let's say, I just want to tell everyone right now, the, one of the biggest things you can do immediately is wrap your arms around yourself and you, and then really, really squeeze and kiss your shoulders down your arms and squeeze and say, you are such a darling. You are so adorable and sweet. You are so loving. You are so kind to your children. You are such a darling, loving, lovable soul. I love you so much. And you just rock that body and you just hug and hug. This isn't just some little squeeze. You roll around. I sometimes spend 10 minutes in bed before I even get up. 
doing this. And, and whether you have a partner or not, you know, you're not getting that kind of focused attention. The kind of hugging and self-loving you can do for yourself is absolutely life-changing. That's so beautiful. And it's like, and we keep forgetting that the words that we most want to hear from someone else, we can actually say to ourselves. Yes, yes. And, right? and remember, like you just heard me say it, you know, you're, you know, I bet a lot of you, a lot of mothers are not saying what a loving, wonderful mother I am. Yeah. What an adorable, adoring, cute and funny mother I am. I mean, when I see cute children on the street, I always stop to compliment the ch child and the mother. And it always has such a big impact. I say, oh, what a beautiful baby. You know, I love your baby. Can I admire your baby? I always tell people I'm a baby admirer. <laughs> and so I, I stop to admire their baby. And then I look up and I say, oh, and you are so beautiful. What a wonderful soul you are. I can see the love. There's like a love glow all around you. And they literally are just like vibrating Aww. because no one is saying that. Yeah. And, and let me just say, they're not saying it to themselves. That's right. God, and, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so we can all be that for each other, and then we can all be that for ourselves. And I know it might sound funny, like, you know, but it, it, because it, it's in direct opposition to what most people are listening to, which is critical inner dialogue. Right. You know, you didn't, you forgot the homework, you didn't pack the lunch, you didn't put carrots in the salad, you, you know, you forgot the sprinkler, you know, all these shit, you know, yes. and it's like, you know, what about the sandwiches? What about, I remember when my mother died, I, this entire movie started playing inside my mind and it went on for over a month of a, on a daily basis of all of the kind things. And of course I didn't even come close to all the kind things she had done for me. Mm. I saw an endless loop of all the sweaters that were packed in the car, all of the um, crayons that were put in the back seat, all of the, you know, all of the things that I see you guys do. And Amy, same thing. I mean, I see you I come to your home, I see what you're doing with your children, and there's, there's literally, uh, you know, 10,000 things while I'm over there. <laughs> it is. It's an endless list yeah. of things that you're trying to think about and things that we're holding as moms. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's beautiful. Yes. And so to, to shine light and love on all of those things, and of course, they're not always things that we want to be doing, you know? Right don't always want to do all the things. No, we don't. And yeah, some of them are boring and stupid and repetitive. And, you know, why, why don't I have someone else that's, that's here to do this? And, you know, and so to, to really take that, to be very deliberate about acknowledging yourself is a self-loving, not only a self-loving act, but a loving act for your children and your family. So I just want to challenge in the most loving way, all of you mamas that are listening right now, will you please today, and I actually want to challenge you to even put it up on the Mama Truth Circle Facebook group. You can join us at mamatruthcircle.com. And I would love for you to post up there at least three, if not more, acknowledgments for yourself. Just a reason that you want to acknowledge and love yourself and do some self-hugging. Start your morning with some self-hugging. And what, and what a beautiful and wonderful tool for us to be teaching our children, to be teaching them about self-hugging, to be teaching them about acknowledging themselves. 
and really fueling that, you know, that kind of love cup on the inside and allowing it to overflow, it will, it will dramatically improve their lives and it'll dramatically improve our lives as mamas when we're doing it for ourselves and then teaching our children how to do this work from an early age. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you need, if you need some sort of starters, I'm a wonderful mother because uh, I love what kind of a mother I am in the following ways. Yeah. I enjoy mothering because, mm. you know, yeah. 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 And, and, and just know, I remember when I first started self-hugging, I felt so silly. <laughs> like I felt like embarrassed. Like I was like, people, you know, wow. I mean, I even did it the other day in a, in a public setting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because there were people in front of me, there were couples in front of me and they were, they were all over each other. And I started to feel some, you know, because John died and I am, you know, now soulfully single and I was feeling kind of sad. Like I don't have anyone to snuggle up. And I was like, wait a minute, I've got me. And I wrapped my arms around and I was squeezing myself (laughs) and I did, I did feel a little bit, you know, a little bit funny in that setting, but but now I can honestly say that I have no qualms whatsoever. Um, and it happened pretty, you know, I, I only practiced for a little while before I lost that feeling of silliness. Yeah. So, um, and, and also most people don't do it long enough. Mm. So, you know, it can be really shy, like, okay, I'll do it. Okay. That was good. Right. You know, and <laughs> just remember when we hug a friend and, and you know, those really good friends that you hug, yeah. the hug is so good. Yeah. You don't want to let go. I love yeah. to say still hugging Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and just you know, don't stop, you yes. know, still hugging, still hugging. I love it. It's so cute. Cause Evie right now she'll go, she, we do this game where she runs uh, to this, to the edge of like the brick in front of our house. And then I'll sit on the, the front porch step and then I'll go ready set, go. And then she'll run towards me with her arms stretched out going, huggies, huggies. Oh. <laughs> and, we hug, and we just sit there and hug for a minute. And then she runs back and does it again. Oh. It's like the sweetest huggies game ever. And oh. it's, but it's and like, then, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to have a two-year-old that's running up. We can do that for ourselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. And I feel like that, that kind of takes us into, and, and I was thinking about this too, when you were talking about those moments when we get resentful, when we feel like we're sacrificing, when we feel like we're holding a gazillion different things and we don't see a way out of it and we feel victimized by the whole thing, that it really leads into that inner child conversation. Because I know sometimes for me, when I have a client, like with one of my VIP coaching clients or whatever, when they'll be saying something and I'll say, how old do you feel right now? Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm about 13 in junior high and I'm feeling really left out. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk to that 13-year-old. And I know that you were sharing before we started recording here that you have, do you say eight inner children that you work with on a consistent basis? Yes. You know, um, and, and before I talk about that, you just called something else to mind. Oh, yeah. Because families are very responsive to pattern shifts. Uh, and yeah. pattern interrupts. Mm. So what I mean by that is we all get into little routines that that are common. Like we sit in a similar place, we drive in the car in a similar way. You know, um, we you know we just naturally we start have habits. Yeah, yeah, our habits. Yeah. And any time you can interrupt a habit, I'm just thinking of one time I did one with my mom, 
and I got the whole family to join. You know, it was one of these crabby car times. Oh yeah. And I just said, um, I just had an idea. I said, are you, can you, are you guys willing to play? And my mom for some reason said, yes, you know, she was pretty fun mom. Um, but I said, um, let's get out and run around the car and get back in, in a different spot. (laughs) (laughs) And that was all it took. Yeah. I mean, the whole car trip changed. Yeah. You know? And so anytime you can find a way to interrupt the pattern, even for one minute, even for 30 seconds, you know, I offer that and, and your family will find it fun and funny. I love that. I was, I'm just thinking that sometimes we do that in my house where we'll be like, I'll just all of a sudden, like everybody's crabby, everyone's hungry. We're trying to get dinner on the table and I'll just be like, dance party, dance party, everybody. Yeah. And they just put on a song and then everyone's yeah. in there grooving and dancing. And yeah, it's completely, it's a pattern interrupt. And it like literally biochemically speaking, yes shifts that pattern and shifts that neural yes. pathway like yep. lickety split and then an entirely new vibration can be reached I'm yes lovely. and it builds new um it brain it literally builds brain plasticity plasticity yes I mean, you're you know now your kids have a tool like animals don't carry trauma around because they move all the time they yeah. shake it out they stand yeah. up they stretch they do downward dog literally yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're always moving. So, you know, you can say, oh, that was crabby. Let's brush it off. Yeah. You know, oh, that didn't feel good. Let's brush it off. You know, and it really, really works. Oh, my gosh. I just, you just had me think, too, with Annabella when she was younger and when she would be crabby or I would be crabby, we'd go, crabby, crabby, go away. I want to feel happy today. It would just immediately, like, the crabbies would just, like, burst out and like her mood would shift my mood would shift and it worked like a charm man yes gotta bring that back in (laughs) yeah well i think naming naming is so powerful because so often sometimes families can fall into um just trying to get away from because it's uncomfortable let's just get away from it oh everyone you know like let's not talk about it yeah you know it doesn't work right It's a, it would be effective to ignore it if it worked. Damn yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. So no. yeah, the subject of inner inner child, um, inner children. You yeah. know, every developmental age is still inside of us. Mm. So all of us have about eight um, inner children, and I have chosen to focus on from infancy up to all the way up to nineteen, mm. and. So my, uh, I can describe my care system briefly. It's unusual. Yes. Yeah. But um, it can be of use to people um, who may wish to do something similar. And of course, their own style and their own way. Yeah. But I first um, started, it usually helps to communicate with one of the inner children inside. Um, and you can just say what child wants to speak or what, what energy is here? Like you said that you were talking to a client and they had an awareness that there was a 13 year old. Right. Um, sometimes it's younger. It's like a seven year old. Yeah. And I located my seven year old crying, crouching under a piano bench inside my Im- imagination. Oh. And she was, she was sobbing and she was so thin and, and scared. And, and it was so heartbreaking. And I, I, I really, um, you know, coaxed her out of there and I sat her um, on my lap and was, was kind of stroking her hair and she calmed down. And I said, I'm here now and I'm, I'm your mother and I'm not leaving you. 
And I had abandoned her. And this is common, you know. Um, so I'll talk a little bit. And, you know, some of these things are more um, in-depth and, you know. Yeah, sure. But I want people to kind of have a taste of it. Yeah. Um, because then I discovered, because the thing is, well, an easy way to say it is corporations are, for the most part, run by five-year-olds. There's a <laughs> lot of five-year-olds, unparented five-year-olds, Hmm. children, five-year-olds screaming and running and because kids will try to be involved in everything and no matter if it's age appropriate. If you don't have some kind of inner child care system, your inner children are going to come to business meetings. They're going to sit in with your own children and they're going to start reacting based on, you're going to have reactions to your own children at the ages that you have that age inside that gets triggered. Yes. Yes. You know? So- yeah. I do know that. And and like, so I just want to, just to kind of give some context for everybody. I, no matter what age your children are right now, I want you to just imagine for a moment how their seven-year-old or 13-year-old or 19-year-old or whatever age they are, how are they reflecting that same age in you? And how is that actually getting triggered right now in your life by that? And it's, I think it's so great that you're saying this, Susan, because it's, I see that, especially with my, um, with my oldest, with Annabella, she's eight and a half. And it's like, I, I see my eight and a half year old. I see that third grader, my inner third grader all the time in her. And it kind of freaks me out. Mm -hmm. It scares me a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I feel like, especially as girls, like, like we start on that pattern of like noticing more of what our body looks like and how it looks different than other people and like that whole comparison game and then the being left out game and all that stuff. And then it's like, I feel like I'm trying to mother her from my own third grader instead of being able to be the adult. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you for saying that and sharing that because I know many will relate. And if they haven't thought of it this way, they'll say, Hmm, let me, let me think about it. Yeah. Well, I found out that my inner children were trying to come to work. I mean, they were coming with paintbrush and dictionary and, you know, whatever they thought. And so I started realizing I want to establish a care system. So I created an imaginary tree. And so, so this gets a little wild, so just stay with me. But you know. <laughs> I would expect nothing more, nothing less from the succulent wild woman than something wild. <laughs> Um, I created an imaginary tree house where each child has a pod that's age appropriate for that child. Huh. And then I realized it was too much work for me. So I created an imaginary nanny and her name is Madeline. And then Madeline actually had so much work to do that she asked if she could bring her boyfriend from Ireland, whose name is Sam. So Sam and Madeline preside over this tree house. that's in the imaginary backyard of my inside of me. Uh -huh. And um, she wears a front pack and carries the infant me all the time. And the 19-year-old actually left and went to Big Sur to live with Joan Baez and do her own books. <laughs> <laughs> and the 10-year-old, um, well, the 13-year-old was really lonely. And so we created a friend for her because I don't enjoy doing a lot of um, kind of organized activities and groups and things. And she was a kind of kid that liked that. Yeah. So her best friend, whose name is Clover, Clover and she and the family have adopted my inner 13-year-old, and they're always off on trips and adventures. Mm. They're at water parks. They're, and, and so, the, so 
it, it, it's making it sound like it's complicated, but it's really not because what I do is I have a morning check-in with all the kids and then I have an evening check-in with all the kids and they tell I, I say, okay, kids, come on in, give me a hug. I'm going to be busy today. I don't invite children to business meetings, mm. um, especially when it's not age appropriate. And this has made a tremendous difference in my life. Um, and so I, I'm glad we're talking about this because this can make a tremendous difference in the mothering that you're able to do as you mother your own inner children. So what about the, the people that are listening that had a really crappy childhood and who had maybe even a mom that wasn't well or a mom or a dad or whoever that was abusive, like where it's like even thinking about those inner children just has like, like a, why bother thinking about your inner children when it's like the last thing you want to do is go back to a childhood if it was a really unhappy one. Right. You know, right. Like that's the first question. And then it's like, also what, how do we know if we're ripe and we need to do this work? Yes. Yeah. Excellent questions. So first um, I was abused in my family and it started when I was seven. And so that seven year old was acting out, um, for attention in major ways because she had not, she was, had been completely abandoned by me. Yeah. And so it was coming out in all kinds of ways where I was acting out in my adult life in ways that, um, let me think of how it showed itself. It's been some years now since I did this work. Yeah. Um, it, so, so first in answer to your question, um, you can try to avoid any of any kind of any work, any transformational work. Right. Um, and you know, it can, you can actually live your life that way. Yeah. And if you would like to experiment and explore in feeling even better than you do. Yeah. Um, you're going to want to, you're going to want to experiment with doing some of this kind of work. And so one way to start would be, um, if you have a feeling like, let's say you have the, the difficult childhood and the difficult parent, I had a, a wonderful mother, but also kind of an absent and emotionally um, not very mature mother. Yeah. And so I didn't get a lot of the mothering um, that would have been very good for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. So I've been able to go back and remother those children to such an extent that I feel those, ch those children have been healed. Those inner children, I have no more sadness. Wow. And, and this was a childhood. This was incest. This led to depression, suicide attempt. It led me into poverty. I mean, uh, <laughs> there was considerable damage. Yeah. So I know that the inner child work I was able to do, and by the way, it didn't take that long and it wasn't that difficult. I mean, it was, there was some pain, you know, when I found that child crouched under the piano bench sobbing and was all thin, yeah. I felt terrible. And, yeah. but that was, that was within me. That was right. part of me. Right. And, and I knew it. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I took the time. There's so many resources now. There's good books on inner child. There's an inner child workbook that I'm thinking of right now. I can't think of the author at this moment. Um, but you know, even just getting in touch, just, just feeling like, do I have a child or more than one that is, is feeling abandoned or inside of me that I'm aware of? Even just that awareness is a tremendous amount. 
I love that. And I think when, when we explore this kind of work and really allow ourselves to get to know ourselves better, there is this layer of brilliance that can come forth because it is then that we can respond from the adult woman and the adult mother and become more of the mom that we were born to be if we're not trying to mother from that third grader or that five-year-old space. Yes. Yes. Right. And so I just think that that's one of the things that makes it so important is for us to really get that, oh, when we don't work with these types of things, they end up running amok and they end up acting out. Well, they end up running your life. Yeah. I mean, and that's the part people don't realize, you know, um, they think, you know, people think, well, I can just, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. You know, like you asked that wonderful second question. How do you know yeah. it's showing up in your life? Yeah. Well, if you're in power struggles with your children, um, it's usually an inner child of yours that's gotten triggered. You know, if you're having repetitive power struggles that are not getting solved, if you um, feel bad, you know, th- there's such a thing as looking at your child and of course you love them. And then you can also be jealous. I remember my mother telling me, well, I didn't get this kind of treatment, you know, like, wow, you know, nobody was this nice to me. You know, and it was like there was a there was a woman who hadn't done that type of work, right? And so she was, of course, doing the best she could, but she would lash out because she had those 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 really damaged inner children. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I love taking a group of people and taking them through some uh, very simple and and powerful um, exercises and guided imagery things so that they can locate this part and so they can figure out who is it that needs their attention, give them that attention, and then watch their life open up as a result. I love it. Will you do that in Hawaii? Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, if you could believe it, we're actually winding down here. It went way too fast. Winding down. Winding down the show now, Susan. (laughs) Um, But will you come back on the show? Because I know that there's a gazillion different other things that you I love to be on the show. I love it. I love having you on the show. My gosh. I love your show. And I'm so happy for all the mothers that get to have this show and and other shows and things that support this kind of um, really transformational, philosophical, um, practical, and um, deep, you know, really deep transformative work Mm. and play. Mm. You know, like these are real life I mean, Amy, you know, you're not just a real life mom, you're a real life transformer. Thank you, Susan. And and so am I. And, and, and so are people that are listening. Even if you've like, if you've done some of this or you've ever thought of this, you know, now you're engaged. Yeah. So, you know, remember how powerful awareness is. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You, you don't have to do anything and, yeah. and, you know, and yes, there is a time to do some things, but you know, just being introduced to ideas or considering them is doing something. That's right. Well, and that's why, you know, I always say the mama truth shows for soulful conscious mamas. And that does not mean that we are perfect. It does not mean that we're these enlightened moms that are doing everything right. And we always make the right decision. It just means that we're conscious when we screw up that we're conscious about it, that we're conscious about the repair of it, that we're conscious around going, wow, that's a real growth edge for me. I really need to work on that. 
Well, and excuse me, who really wants those moms, you know, that know everything and do it all right? right. You know, it's it's, it's, there's a lot of tension there. It's something very aggressive. Yeah. Um, Self-aggressive and aggressive. You know, we've all, you know, yeah. So it's it's, um, meeting yourself where you are, bring yourself as you are to this show and listen to Amy and listen to the people that she brings on here and anything, you know, things will seep in, things will seep in and awareness will grow. Mm, Love it. Well, one of the questions that we always ask our guests on the Mama Truth show is what is messy and what is magical for you about motherhood? So I'm curious for you, Susan, what is messy and what is magical about mothering your inner children right now or being a godmother like you are to the children in your life? including my girls, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think for me, messy is the part, is, is all the work, let, let's see. Messy is when the parts of me that I'm not as uh, pleased with show up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very PC way to say that. <laughs> well, let me say it another way. Um, when I'd like to be patient and interested and instead I'm distracted and impatient, yeah. You know, when I want to show up and be excited about something that the child is doing, but instead I'm bored and I want to go home. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Magical, magical right away comes to mind of uh, the other day talking with your beautiful daughter, Evie Rose, who I get to talk to quite a bit on the phone. And- <laughs> Her, her little fluty voice saying, I want to talk to Susan. Yes. <laughs> I want to talk to Susan. And then her new one lately is, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? And so, you know, I'm saying ordinary things that I'm doing. And then this one day I said to her, she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm planting flowers in my soul. And there was a slight silence. And she said, I want to come. <laughs> I want to come. Oh my gosh. Am I, I mean, my heart just expanded and melted simultaneously. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm going to go cry. Oh, <laughs> so good. So good, honey. So good. Oh. So all of you, I just want to encourage you go over to planetsark.com. This will be in the show notes as well. Planetsark.com. Susan slash Sark has so many amazing things that she's doing in the world from creatives getting their books out in the world and their work out in the world to relationships and succulent wild love, her latest book, which she co-authored with the amazing Dr. John Waddell to so much more. And I just can't say enough amazing things about this woman. She's changed my life through her work and changed my life through getting to have her in my daily life. And I love and adore her. And I know all of you will love and adore her too. Oh, I love you. I want to come. (laughs) <laughs> I want to come. So, um, mamas, thanks for tuning in. Remember, go on to mamatruthcircle.com, mamatruthcircle.com. Join our amazing tribe of soulful mamas and post up on our Facebook group the words, I am a wonderful mom because, and acknowledge yourself, you are doing an incredible job, an incredible job. And yes. I'm so proud of you just for listening to this. Yes, you can hug yourself right now. You're doing an amazing job. And next week, we'll be talking about worry and anxiety as oh. worry wart. And we're going to talk about some tools to release the worry and anxiety, which I know has been so present for me as a mom. So tune in next week. 
In the meantime, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Bye-bye, mamas. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share the Mama Truth show with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. And make sure to visit mamatruthcircle.com to become part of our free community of soulful mamas. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.